0: Hello! Today's episode is a conversation with Dr. Rich Frazee, who is a composer who I met at UW-Madison when I was working on my bachelor's, and he was working on his DMA. In our conversation, we get into a lot of cool areas, including academic canons, what it's like to be a composer working in the modern world, in academic worlds, in church services, and even in the worlds of rock and heavy metal. But before we get to that, please remember to like, leave a comment, and subscribe to my channel. And if you would like to consider supporting my content generally, please visit my Patreon page. Welcome to Music in Mind, Music in Mind, with Anthony Call. Hello, everybody. I'm here with Dr. Rich Frazee, who uh, works with online education at UW Madison, that's the University of Wisconsin Madison. And, uh, Rich and I met each other, uh, at UW when he was working on his DMA and I was working on my bachelor's and, uh, I finished up, uh, December of 2013 and Rich finished up his DMA in 2016, you said? Yes. Yep. Cool. So, uh, that, that's a while ago now. So what, (laughs) what have you been up to since, since the UW days?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, for a while, both while I was at UW and for quite a few years after that, um, I got into church music. Ah. So um, my what I basically everything involved with the worship service at, at um, the the campus ministry in Madison, where I was at Wisconsin Lutheran Chapel and Student Center. So I'd be recruiting musicians, I'd be picking the songs, I'd be recruiting the AV personnel. Okay. Um, wow. If if I thought that bass guitar would be really helpful for the service i'd slap down you know get get the bass going um if i needed to like conduct an ensemble then i'd do some conducting um if i if no one else was available to run the soundboard that's what i did right um so i got to wear just a ton of different hats and one of my favorite parts about it as a composer was there'd be so many services where there's like a saxophone uh, available for a service and we didn't have a sa- like like an official mm. like sax part to do a hymn or a song or whatever so i would just write the sax part oh, nice. for whoever was available Great. so that, that was a blast that got me into uh, the world of um d- um media creation so mm-hmm. I got to do a lot with um editing videos creating music working with digital audio workstations just with whatever video projects we needed to get done mm-hmm. uh, along the line i got into um, online teaching at uw madison while i was um, finishing up uh, my, my dissertation i started teaching uh, through the uw uw's independent learning program mm. so these are completely asynchronous online courses students can enroll at any time mm. um, students can be submitting work at any time and so i got to geek out with students on like the history of jazz nice. um, legendary performers is a course on like early 20th century pop music mm. um, diving into uh, the whole music history with uh, appreciation history of music mm-hmm. um, which was just Again, just I love, love, love online music education. I think it's yeah. wonderful stuff. Um, and then that opened the door for me to take on you know, more and more responsibilities with UW and online teaching. And then March 2020 hit. Right. Um, you know, all the whole world was kind of shutting down, and everybody was sheltering in place. And then it was basically at, at UW Madison, it was all hands on deck. Like, Rich, right. you've taught an online course before. Please help these people work (laughs) with knowing how an online course works. Nice. And so basically we just dropped anything that wasn't pressing. And that's what I've been doing since. So um, starting July 1st, I'll be part of uh, the new Center of Teaching, Learning, and Mentoring at um, UW-Madison. Excited to be a part of that and helping faculty just work with pedagogy and online teaching, and anything they need help with. But at the same point, no matter what I'm working on, I love finding excuses to write music. Like, hey, you're working on like, uh, you know, some sort of video tutorial. Can I write some cheesy background music for you? Like, yeah, Rich, I love some cheesy background <laughs> nice.
0: music. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I feel like it's a very, it's a very, um, it's common for modern composers to yes. to have one foot or several feet in uh, the tech world. Uh, outside of just their their artistic practice. I feel like we're, mm-hmm. we're all recording engineers and video editors and everything now. Yeah. Well, um, just to go a little bit of a
1: tangent, I, I remember, so one of my goals back when I was an undergrad, I wanted to get into video game music. Uh-huh. And I, I got an internship at uh, Guild Software in okay. uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Cool. They make a wonderful space video game called Vendetta Online. Um, and my thought was like, oh, well... I'll at some point, you know, I'll, I'll work on my music and, you know, the, these companies, they have all the big fancy producer stuff. At some point, I'll just kind of head into the office and, you know, check out their studio or whatever. And it's like, no, Rich, like, you are responsible for, like, not just <laughs> writing the music, but getting the sounds, right. the mastering, and et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And that was just a pretty eye-opening thing. And, you know, the, the more hats we wear, the more gigs we are, you yep. know, we oh, can yeah. take on.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you mentioned you were doing live sound at the church, even yep. uh, mm-hmm. as well yeah, as arranging, yeah. and were you playing yep. also? Yeah, wow. which again
1: is um, it's a lot of fun. Just um, I, the the service that I'm most proud of. Um, it was as things were starting to open up, um, I, I was still helping a little bit with uh, after um, sheltering in place was ending mm-hmm. and just like, okay, well, we have these people helping out. We are spreading out the mics and we are right. keeping things socially distanced and nobody's sharing a microphone by any stretch right, of the right. imagination. And yet again, it's just it's, it's an interesting balancing work. How can I make a cool sound? How can I make sure I don't, like, blow up the speakers with feedback that might be coming from some different <laughs> instruments so yeah
0: and what what kind of music is it at the church
1: at that church um it is every i mean it okay. is very diverse um it's a it's a it's a lutheran church mm-hmm. um and so again we we love our old german hymns um nice. we, we we love a some um at the same point um so, so there would be times where, oh, these, these were some of my favorite services. And again, this is just what you can do with being being creative as, as a composer, mm-hmm. where I would just gather all the strings, winds, brass players that we could, and we just made our own, like, ad hoc Orchestra. That sounds amazing. Um, and, but, yeah, it was just just a blast. Um, for a lot of these, uh, the people who attend, they would be active in, like, their high school band or their mm-hmm. high school orchestra.
0: Right.
1: They would go to college. They wouldn't have the outlet anymore. Like, it it wasn't, like, built into their daily schedule. Yeah. So I would recruit them, like, hey, you can can play violin with the church. That'd be (laughs) awesome. Uh, But again, going back to, you know, we wouldn't exactly have, you know, orchestral scores and parts for some old hymn based on four violins, three saxophones, and a trombone. Mm -hmm. And so I just get to... Fun, you know, create some music for us out your orchestration
0: skills absolutely <laughs> absolutely
1: uh, which again was a lot of fun we're like oh so this this time we're gonna have like seven flutes and a cello
0: uh-huh.
1: let's let's see how we could be creative with with orchestration to actually make this work yeah. but uh, there are also um uh like uh contemporary praise bands that would uh that would play on a regular basis with right. with the church music uh, we'd have a choir a wonderful choir director who was mm-hmm. I mean, would do everything from spirituals to, um, to kind of like jazzy stuff to, you know, Bach and mm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So very, very musically eclectic. Um, yeah. And again, as, as someone who loves playing playing electric bass, anytime that I need to play bass, I mean, when when do you not need, or when, when can you not benefit from, from oh, some yeah. extra bass lines? With what you're doing?
0: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so I, I've recently... Um, been subbing at a lutheran church uh yeah. just on guitar but it's it's a uh, it's kind of like i guess ccm you might call it yep. like contemporary yeah. christian contemporary rock is you know the, all the guitar mm-hmm. lines are sort of like u2 like these washy big yep. big sounds it, and it's interesting with with lutheran churches specifically because they have such a long history uh with a really rich history of music that has shifted a lot and it seems like the the church you're working at really uh engages both with the history and brings the modern in. Yeah, an in interesting yeah. way. Yeah,
1: and um just to name drop, for anybody who's interested in such things, there's a, a musical group. They they weren't part of this church, but um I'm familiar with them. They're called Koine, K O I N E. Um, just like a Lutheran band, and they'll take like these old centuries old like hymns and make it mm. sound like Ben Folds or something uh, oh, more nice. more contemporary. So it's again using that rich history mm-hmm. but making it sound, you know, re- recognizing that we are in the 21st century.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you how do you feel about that as as a composer generally? This this is kind of ties a little bit back to our education at UW Madison because I remember when I was there I was a little frustrated with um how maybe um, how there was sort of a lack of focus on uh, the 21st century in terms of technology with uh, some of the some of the education, not all of it. I mean, the I would say the the classical education at UW was amazing. And I yeah. like what I learned from Brian Heyer and from Steve Dembski and Laura Schweninger and. Leslie Blasius and all these people, I, I still yeah. I've taken with these these really important lessons. But there was mm-hmm. this gap in the how how to bridge it and bring it into the 21st century with technology, with how to get performances, oh, with yeah. how to engage with a musical culture. That's so tough. Um, yeah. <laughs> and part of that is just <laughs> so this, this is a kind of
1: uh, I mean, there's a lot. Yeah a lot to unpack there. There's a lot of different roles, you know, and something to consider. And I I think this is just great for for institutions to consider, Mm -hmm. for people going to music school to consider. First off, what is the role of of your education? Like, what are you trying to get from it? Um, What is it that you're trying to teach your students? Like, what is the primary goal? Is, Is it to be um, scholars of, of music theory, music history, music composition, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Is it um, to dive into the world of technology? And right. I think I think it was just shortly after, and I'm going to butcher the name, but there was a new center or new lab or something mm. about electronic music that mm. I did that I that was started at UW Madison. Apologies that I don't have the specifics off the top of my head. Um, but and again, that that ties into to the electronic world. Mm-hmm. Are we looking at the avant-garde? Are we looking right. at the commercial? etc., 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 etc. Um are we looking to bridge the gap to popular music? Is well how do we want to approach popular music in our academic curriculum, etc., 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 etc. Um and my overly broad and i i'm gonna say my, my safe answer uh-huh. i i like playing it safe i i i i, I wear that on my sleeve uh-huh. is that you know that that's just something that institutions just need to determine what their right. what their priorities course, are etc etc um one thing you, you mentioned getting performances mm-hmm. um, this is something that i love about the experience that we had at Mm UW-Madison was we'd have our recitals um, with a composition studio, um, studio, and it was on us. Uh, We got to Mm -hmm. have that practical experience about recruiting musicians and getting the logistics about what this is going to look like for the recital. Mm -hmm. Um, I had... uh, Well, very cool. Just a little bit of an advertisement for uh, the DMA composition program at UW-Madison. Part of the degree program is you put on two lecture recitals. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was the most complex part of my degree, because Uh you're recruiting musicians and you're finding a space Mm -hmm. for your recital. And you you're you're putting this piece together and you're promoting etc 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 and in addition to that you also so you're putting on the promoter hat you're putting on the music director hat of you're getting this performance going you're also putting on the scholar hat of um like I, if it's electrocital like well what am i going to talk about <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah that's uh I, that's something that's wonderful to consider um One thing that I I think has the potential to um, to be developed, um, Adam, are you familiar with Adam Neely?
0: Oh, of course. Oh,
1: yeah. From great. I love Mm -hmm. love love Emily. He he had a a powerful powerful um, longer video last summer Mm -hmm. um, about music and. Just the issue of race, like how oh, is his, race in his, his his history? Music, t- music
0: and white supremacy video. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um,
1: and you know something that, and again, there, there are big, complex things. Like, right. I mean, we could spend like a few days just kind of going on to all those different uh, things mm-hmm. that are brought up. Oh yeah. One of them that Adam Neely brings up is what's being just the music theory curriculum. Right. Um. So when I so my I did my undergrad at Wisconsin Lutheran College in Milwaukee small liberal arts school wonderful play. I love love my faculty love what mm-hmm. I learned one thing that that really I, I made me think after watching those um, in theory four one of the big things um, before we got to I'll call it post tunnel theory, mm-hmm. theory just for the most simplest term i can come up with was um the different augmented six chords right so french augmented mm-hmm. six chords, mm-hmm. italian f- augmented uh you know f- six chords right that's all well and good but as i think <laughs> back about that you know the, something with that level of specificity mm-hmm. i wonder if that would be better handled in a graduate seminar and instead we round out the undergraduate curriculum with tritone substitutions sure or Mm -hmm. you know something that builds upon what's already been learned about triads and scales etc 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 but applies it in something that's used more common today mm-hmm. right. compared to a French augmented uh, six chord. And no no offense to French augmented <laughs> yeah, six yeah, chords. No, no, they're no, no, they're lovely for what they are. Um,
0: <laughs> Esoteric, maybe.
1: Yes, yes. Um, and especially, like, you know, figured bass. Again, and that's. Yep. that's I, I, and I'm not going to have, by no means do I have all the answers. And that's why, from an institution to institution basis, mm-hmm. this is where you got to go. Right. But should we spend time in a music theory classroom talking about figured bass or Mm -hmm. how to play from lead sheet? Right. And again, there's, there's different goals, different outcomes, different applications. I mean, geeking out on all those things, you're still going to learn a ton. Right. And you're going to, you're going to have great new ways to think about music that Mm -hmm. you can explore in a bajillion different
0: ways. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a, there's a real issue of, of Canon happening. Um, Yeah. There, there's, it's difficult because if, if you're an institution that specializes in in jazz, that's going to yeah. be your focus. And yes, so obviously yes, yes, yes. you're not going to then probably specialize in avant-garde electronic music or something yeah. like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and so there, there's a sense that anytime you focus, you're going to be exclusionary. Um, yes, yeah. But at the same time, the, the issues that Adam Neely brings up about Schenker and things like that, about this, this idea of asserting the supremacy of German music or something like that, I think is a real issue with Schenker. And, uh, and, and, and his point, I, I, I love how he's, he's kind of cheeky about it, that, that all good music can be reduced to three blind mice or something is <laughs> pretty silly. Yes, but at the same time, a reductionist model of analysis isn't necessarily a bad thing and is almost uh, necessary in a way. Yeah. Can I launch on that? Yeah. Um, so I I by no means do I consider
1: myself like a Shankarian. I mm-hmm. took um, a semester <laughs> of it at UW-Madison right. um, and in my, my my master's program, Truman State University. Uh, again, wonderful. If you're looking for a mm-hmm. mid-sized institution, wonderful. Um, Truman State, wonderful, wonderful stuff. Cool. Uh, but Where is
0: Truman State?
1: It it is in Kirksville, Missouri. Oh, okay. so cool. it's um, it's a small small town, about fourteen thousand people. And Kirksville is the biggest thing going town wise for like the next hour and a half, <laughs> nice. any direction. It's the spot. Um, Yes, but what for me, it was um, I, I will get to answer your question just by I do like my I do love me some tangents. Yeah, <laughs> um, no, no. But um, you know, if you're looking for a great place to study and just you have this wonderful cute little community, but you can also just be super engaged mm-hmm. in your studies, man. Kirksville is awesome. And it's great be, you know, like so many college towns, uh, right. you know, there's so much that the college offers to the mm-hmm. community that, you know, people can take part of It's et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. It's, it's good stuff. But what I love about Shank, my, my Shankarian studies was it really helped me think long-term planning mm-hmm. in a piece of music. Um, what I loved in um, my, my, uh, my Shanker class at UW Madison was reducing music. And I'm, I'm gonna be a little rusty, so again, my terminology may not be perfect. But condensing music to like note to note, note against note counterpoint, and mm, I'm actually gonna yep. gonna share my 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 screen. Oh nice. Of, um,
0: cool.
1: Oh, actually, may I? Um, it looks like I need your permission to share. Oh the screen yes, 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 yes.
0: So here, while, while I'm doing this, do you want yeah. for anybody who doesn't know, do you want to explain yeah. a little bit about what Shank- Shankarian analysis is?
1: Yeah. So the. Uh, and again, I'm so rusty on my my, my German That's terminology.
0: Okay. <laughs> Me too. But
1: but the idea is that there's like a a fundamental melody, if you will, mm-hmm. and a fundamental bass line. Right. Um, all derived from the harmonic series. Right. Um in in Western classical music, mm-hmm. that fundamental bass line um, can be essentially reduced to like a one-five-one right. or a tonic-dominant tonic, dominant, right. uh, tonic mm-hmm. which I think, regardless of what sort of music you're listening to, I think can be a healthy way to think about, in any kind of music, my home, yep. my departure, and our arrival back home. Mm-hmm. I th- um, and then, in it, on top of that, there's this fundamental melody w- or descent, where so many melodies over the course of this whole piece of music mm-hmm. can kind of outline um, a descent from either the third degree scale, so the mm-hmm. three blind mice, if you will, <laughs> or the um, five, yep. um, uh, you know, so fa mi re do, mm-hmm. or the whole octave, eight seven six five four three two one, yep. and that that. Manifil, manifests itself in in the music mm-hmm. um and we have like layers upon layers of this almost like you know i'm, I'm dating myself with 20 year old movie references but the matrix you could have like a matrix within the matrix right, right. <laughs> you can have these fundamental <laughs> yep. structures happening mm-hmm. um, locally you can have um like mm-hmm. a mid-range um scope of it but then also these simple ideas can you know, embody like 10 minutes worth of music.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think the, especially the baseline, the, the tonic dominant tonic one, five, one, or whatever, I think there's a, there's a powerful understanding in there, not necessarily in CGC or any specific notes, but just in the idea of ebb and flow or tension and release. Yes. And, and it, 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 it mirrors a lot of wave functions in the physics of nature. That's, I mean, that's how a speaker works. That's how yeah. a string vibrates. Up yeah. to one, down to negative one, and then at at uh, at rest at zero. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and at the very least, it's another way to think about music and broaden the horizons. Yeah. So I think that's a great way. Um, so just to kind of, I'll, I'll share my screen. Um, can you see what I have here? Uh, yes. So okay. when. When I first learned, was learning about um, a shanker, the the primary goal was let's find the 1 5 1 uh-huh. and let's find it in the bass and let's find in the melody is it a, a 3 2 1? Is it a uh-huh. 5 4 3 2 1? Right. right. Um, what I loved about um, my shanker studies with Brian Heyer was I mean, yes, that's very prevalent, mm-hmm. but it's also let's let's take this music and think about how we can conceive about it in like species counterpoint
0: right right um
1: right. and again here's where uh i'm i'm gonna be a little rusty i think Schechter is one of the big um Schecter? uh textbook yeah. Schecter, <laughs> yeah. yes, yes 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 uh one of, one of the big um uh, texts in mm-hmm. in um in Shank- shankarian studies and you know we're we're looking for these structures but w- one of the points that's also made is, you know, so gratis art panatum, this, mm-hmm. you know, music text that looks at the music of Palestrina. The yep. idea was that you could take something simple, these two voices, and expand it into something massive. Mm-hmm. So just to talk a little bit about a piece I was writing for String Quartet.
0: Is that, is um, that what's on the screen now? Yes, okay, exactly. So for anyone just listening, we, we're, we're looking at a piece for String Quartet and then Piano also? well um or that's the reduction
1: yes Ah, exactly yes
0: yes so as a composer
1: i'm something that i'm really comfortable and good good at is coming up with little ideas Mm -hmm. and then i'm really good at getting stuck and figuring out what to do with those (laughs) little ideas so i use this idea of you know having these two voices of how do they parallel a fleshed out piece of music Mm -hmm. so i had the Two big things that came to me. I'm just gonna to try to sing it. If I look at that uh, first uh, two measures of the cello line, I have the bum 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 bum. That's something that I, I was cool. loving. I was liking how that was coming yep. along. Um, and then I had just this, uh, just that first measure of the violin. Bum 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 that's as far as I got. Like, uh-huh. well, now I'm stuck. And so I, I I started thinking about, you know, in most of my music, there's some sort of identifiable chord that can be thought of, of in some sort of analysis. Like, oh, that's a C major or that's a right. G flat major nine sharp yep. eleven or something. <laughs> right. It's everything. So, you know Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have my my, my base of okay F G D mm-hmm. B flat and then I just started thinking about what's a cool what what's what what is the melodic arch that I want this piece to have. Mm-hmm. So I had If I had that first measure, I figured, well, I can reduce this to an A and a B flat, but what if the melody kind of went to F and then G and then, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, F, C, B flat, that'll be cool. And that just kind of became the melodic arc that I wanted of that section, Mm. and I just you know, had uh, a baseline uh, accompanying that. And that gave me some direction of where I wanted my chord progressions to go. Um, that mm-hmm. gave me shape. As you can see, like if we look at... Um, uh, the second measure on this piece of paper, if I compare violin one with um, the the piano, mm-hmm. yes, that violin one has an A, A, C, and then an F. Like it's not like the F is the most prominent note, but I knew like, well, I'm gonna get there, and we'll yep. see how I get there. But at least you know, it gave me a game plan as right. opposed to just kind of sitting there like, well, now what do I do with my cool little melody?
0: <laughs> so that, it's 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 interesting the your in your process the shift between um sort of the more free-flowing ideas uh yes almost improvisatory you're coming up with it and then you you take stock of the materials and then you're you're in more um um sort of thoughtful land and then back and then using that to launch you back into the free-flowing yes That's very and cool. for
1: me that is probably here i'll, I'll stop sharing my screen that uh, sums up i would say piece to piece my compositional pro uh, process mm-hmm. um I'll, I'll start with something and again you know give me like a couple seconds of the piano or a guitar and i can come up with some cool little riff or ditty but it's like well right. what do i do with this now <laughs> and so it's this kind of ebb and flow of, okay here's my idea mm-hmm. let's expand this okay so now i have this and now like what's the the form of the piece is going to look right. like what sort of keys do i want to venture in and then as i'm going through there'll be those revision and then i'll have you know my my hundred measures or whatever but then i'll be listening through it's like oh i don't like that And then i'll go back to the improvisatory and kind of mm-hmm. clean things up or um um, you know, I'll, I'll go voice by voice and just kind of play through each line right. and just be like, okay, this is all cool. And now I, here's this part I didn't like what I came up with. And now by playing line by line, great. Now the cello has something better to do in measure 50.
0: <laughs> and then, and what about rhythm? Because this is all very pitch and har- harmony focused, but the rhythm yes. in, in that in that piece, for anybody who didn't see, it, it was it was, you know, syncopated 16th notes, tying over the bar, things like that. Um, and tying over the beat. So do you have a process or is that also more of a, a by feel kind of uh, writing? I would say it's by feel. I
1: I'm really experienced mm-hmm. with um explaining systematically how I organize pitch right. in a composition. Mm-hmm. That's Rhythm all of us. that Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rhythm, it's I, for the most part, um like that just comes pretty naturally. I mean, I can I can discuss you know as I look at um, the first and the third measures in um, the violin one. They both begin uh, with um, an eighth note rest, and then we have sixteenth notes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I I can talk about recurring mo- rhythmic motives that yep. are in my music. Mm-hmm. It just comes so naturally to me. Right. That, um, but as I'm going through, you know, so I'll, I'll look at those last, um, the very last beat. I have four 16th notes. As the piece progresses, that 16th mo- note motive turns into something bigger. And we'll right. just kind of get this chain mm-hmm. of them that happens. Yeah. So, like, I, I guess I try to be conscious of rhythmic motives mm-hmm. in my music. But... I it, it takes less work for me to be happy with how it turned out compared to <laughs> sure. how I'm working with form and and I I think to the own music that I grew up listening to um mm-hmm. so I, I so I picked up the instrument because of Metallica uh the instrument being nice. guitar um and Great. then and then that's what opened doors to um studying music in college was like boy i really like i started taking guitar lessons like Mm -hmm. i remember learning about how how a sus chord works and how i can (laughs) take my my d my d major chord and if i play on the first string the third fret to the second fret Mm -hmm. all of a sudden i have this d sus four and learning about how i'm replacing the third degree with the fourth of the scale like and you got my heaven right there yeah exactly it's like i want to learn how yeah absolutely it's like and no no i want to learn i ended up in a music theory classroom and and things just just clicked but Mm -hmm. from that i opened doors to um listening to dream theater which Mm. will use any like time signature imaginable oh yeah and then i think about um um playing funk music mm. so there was just i don't know what it was or how i got into it but just i think playing with the jazz band um in college just realizing you know what my favorite pieces that we do are, are the funk pieces yeah and i mean just the
0: the syncopation and rhythmically um, i mean look at your rhythm here and this i mean that that cello line is, is very funky it, it almost reminds me of a clave yeah with the groups of threes and twos yep and fours yeah correct. yeah and
1: that's just something that um and those gr- groups of of threes and twos um even in like i, I think like a metallica's master right. of puppets uh, ba-da, ba-da, da-da, 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 yep. da-da, we have all these different groupings of threes and twos that
0: are very clave-esque mm-hmm. All right, so that brings up another question for me with, yes. with with Metallica versus the the very DMA, the very you know notes, dots on paper, very thoughtful yeah. about mm-hmm. uh, harmony versus where where I see music like Metallica coming from. Not that it doesn't have thought in it, but it's a completely different process and the idea of it that that aggression and the the feeling of it um do you do you try and bring that into your music because I see Metallica as very unrestrained music, and I see a lot of um quote academic music or something like that as being extremely restrained in a weird way. <sighs> Yeah. I'm going to play devil's advocate. Uh-huh. Go for it. But um, the it. first things
1: I'm reminded of are um, composers like George Crumb and Black uh-huh. Angels. Sure. Um, there's a brilliant composer, um, Nick Michioli. He did his grad studies at um, University of Missouri, Kansas City. I, I think is now in in the Madison area. But um, cool. writes just, again, one of the best new music composers out there. Mm. Check out his work. But, I mean, powerful gritty gritty uh, stuff what's his name uh nick amicioli
0: nick amicioli
1: i will um i will um send a, cool. a follow-up with links etc 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 yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, he used to run um uh the like the new music ensemble at um mm-hmm. UMKC, uh, and when I, I was at Truman State, being in northern Missouri, we weren't too far, so we'd be a lot, we'd end up at a lot of the same regional, like, new music festivals. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, but, 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 back, but back to your question. Again, th- thanks for letting me go on my tangents upon tangents. No, and, I love um, it. yes, it. Yes, yes. And just to kind of preview, I have a bit of a tangent upon tangent that's going to bring nice. a lot of what we've talked about together. Um so I would well and even just to play a, like I I, uh-huh. I totally get what you're saying. I think it's more on academic... the
0: audience side by the way, less on the music oh, side. Oh, yes, no that yes. It's the culture of the performance itself, not necessarily the music or where
1: Yes, it no,
0: thank you.
1: And, and and that's just you know and, 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 and I think a mosh that's just pit the... at
0: a new music concert. Yeah. <laughs>
1: You know, and I think it's just the perception of art music, okay. classical music, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, that... Um... You know, Beethoven writes gritty, pounding oh, yeah. music, oh, but yeah. there's this perception that classical music is something of the the elite, mm-hmm. and part of that just can go back to mm-hmm. you know long times of you know the courts of the Baroque, right. you know, rulers, and you know here <laughs> here I have my court composer, and mm-hmm. me and my peeps who are all yep. bajillionaires, we're the only ones who get to partake of of this new. Telamon. I get tell him right. not the best example because he was widely published, but right. you got the example like the that that we own this and this is right. music for the privileged. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's I mean yes, um, you know during the classical period and beyond that's you know access to that music has continued, but that perception still definitely is there. And mm-hmm. in addition to that, I'm reminded of um the perception of music being for the academics Um, part of that is because academia has become a supporter or a home of Mm -hmm. where new musicians can like survive Mm -hmm. and actually have a chance to share what they have it also goes back to um you know to to milton babbitt's idea that music is like this is a science and we need like scholars who are digging into the oh, academic yeah. trenches and seeing what sort of great academic things we can come up with, and which is awesome, which yeah. is great, oh, which Barrett, is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think those mentalities yeah. are one of the reasons that for your your average listener, you mm-hmm. um, classical music can be stuffy or right. whatever. I'm also reminded of the Bartok string quartets which now mm-hmm. can get pretty metal at times too. Oh yeah. So, oh, yeah. definitely.
0: But that that's yeah. it. Like they're digging in and not not that it's it would exactly uh, induce a mosh pit. I feel like there's a, there's a little bit of a volume issue and there's a state there's there's a whole culture and a staging issue. Yeah. But yeah. there is something that when the musicians are on stage just like digging into their instruments and playing their hearts out. And there's people sitting there, you know, like, when are we going to go get a drink? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and and I don't have the answer to that. Um, Something that helps in
1: Madison, um, like the... I'm going to get the name wrong, so apologies Uh for that, but Make Music Everywhere, I believe is the idea. Oh, yeah, I did that yesterday
0: in L.A. Yeah, Make Music Everywhere. It's it's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah,
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's the idea of, like, let's let's show like the world that like this can we can hear this at a coffee spot or Mm -hmm. a bar or a street corner or wherever wherever wherever. Mm ever we don't have to go to the downtown of the big metropolitan um, area Mm -hmm. in the concert hall that costs millions of dollars to make (laughs) etc etc or we don't have to go to the university um etc etc you know new music can happen anywhere yeah um which will kind of bring me to uh, I, I, again i'm going to kind of go on uh uh-huh. on, on some tangents Please. i'm going to talk uh thanks thanks for letting me just kind of do this just to kind of bring back something something that's been very much on my mind mm-hmm. that ties in metal uh-huh. that ties in um the canon and you know what's being being included mm-hmm. um so do you do you listen to a lot of heavy metal yes Okay, um, are you familiar with the band Dream Theater? Yes. Are you familiar with the band Nightwish? Yes. Okay, cool. So, <laughs> two of my biggest, um, so, so going back on to Metallica, I loved them all through high school. Mm-hmm. And then I was waiting for years for Saint Anger to come out. Right. And it was a disappointing album. Mm. And, and at, least, at least to me. I, it yeah. was, uh, no, no, no. I... At, I think to at, a lot at, of people, the, honestly. Yes, yes. At that point, like, well, I guess I need to discover new bands if I want right. to like to have a favorite band to do, to do music. So then, that got me into Dream Theater, um, mm. which, again, any time is imaginable, and. Um, again, we have these powerful melodies that are soaring above these complex rhythmic textures. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of got me into the band Nightwish, um, which, you know, similar, we have these powerful melodies, mm-hmm. we have these cool rhythmic things. Nightwish focuses more on the virtuosity right. of their instrumentalists. Mm-hmm. Um, Nightwish incorporates more choral and instrumental right. sounds. Um, musically, these are two groups that are very, very, very similar. Um, but there's one key difference um, about them. Nightwish has has a female lead singer. Mm. Um, and when I saw Nightwish... So when I've gone to metal concerts, these mm. are generally all male groups. Um, it's predominantly all males in attendance. Mm. Um, but when I saw, saw Nightwish in concert... Um, it was a the the gender mix was very very even you you mean the audience was more mixed yes
0: mm, okay,
1: yes, um, and so something that I've been just kind of aware of is uh you know, just kind of think about that like you know musically again these these are similar groups, but right. by by women seeing you know someone who who looked like them in the spotlight Mm. all of a sudden there was more of a of uh, of a connection and more there's something that resonates and then there was just more more interest so Mm -hmm. how how i think this back to uh, as as an educator Mm um so we we work or i I work in the world of of music uh composition Mm um uh Oh, earlier this year, I had a chance to be, like, a, a guest composer. I was leading a master class for a local high school. Nice. And, you know, so much of composition pedagogy is, um, boy, this is really cool. Have you heard, checked out this composer's music? Mm-hmm. Boy, this is really great. Have you checked out this composer's music? Right. So this class, it is predominantly boys and girls. Um, like, uh, you know, I, like it is an even, even mm, mix. I see. Yeah, yeah. And maybe you're getting where I'm going with this, but in the classical canon... Yep. Um, From antiquity through going into Mm -hmm. like the 20th century, Mm -hmm. there are only you know in I can only think of two women composers who you find in just about every every music text: Mm -hmm. Hildegard of Bingen of the 12th century, Mm -hmm. Clara Wieck-Schumann of Mm -hmm. the 19th century. I mean, yes,
0: some texts maybe.
1: Yeah, F- Fanny Mendelssohn will, will come up. Um, Amy Beach will come up.
0: Right.
1: Um, Joan Tower will come up. But, again, that's 1983. And, again, uh, with, Oh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. And, 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 and I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, uh, Joan Tower will come up. I'm thinking of Ellen's... Zvi- I'm going to yes, mess up. Yes, her- yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yep, yep. Thank you, thank you, thank you. First woman to win the Pulitzer Prize in Music right. in 1983. But, you know, as I'm going through this... Um, and 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 giving these these students classes, or mm-hmm. you know, giving examples, just the realization: so much of the the canon mm-hmm. are men, and That's just be like, so that we're mm-hmm. going through, and yes, I'm talking about such and such and goes, but I also like my, you know, just making it using my role as an educator mm-hmm. to be intentional about like, yes, that George Crumb piece is awesome. Also, check out this Jennifer Higdon piece. Right. I think you're going to oh, get yeah. a lot out of it. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, this Mezion piece is amazing. Have you listened to Chen Yi? Right. Boy, yes. Mm-hmm. By all means, Brahms, yes. Check out Brahms' music. Yes, that's all great. <laughs> also, UW-Madison professor Laura Schwendinger. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I I think just kind of tying in canon and, you know, mm-hmm. I, I just remember making that connection with, you know, here's heavy metal of all things. Right, just by broadening the diversity mm-hmm. of the performers by putting one music one one um, woman on that stage, all of a sudden we have so much more more appeal. It's just so much easier to make those those connections.
0: Right. Um and just mean, especially as, as a rock band because because a big part of the appeal is you know you're you're seeing this figure on stage. Maybe you're imagining that you're up yeah. there, and so you're, yeah. you're you're seeing yourself in it. I think, I think it makes a lot of sense with the representation in curriculum, for sure. Yeah. It was something that... Um, did you ever take a class with uh, uh, Larry Arp at UW? I did not. UW? So I, I took his... Um, it was a, a graduate seminar on the history of notation. Yeah. Uh, but he he made a, a strong point to point out that even though in, in the basic textbooks about uh, medieval music, 13th, 14th, 15th century there aren't really lots of women included. There were tons of women working in music. And so we had all these readings about like Eleanor of Aquitaine, the contest and and stuff. And, yeah. uh, but just, uh, just pointing out that there are often people working in these fields and we just don't know about it because this yes. textbook is so focused in a certain area and is uh, sort of ignoring all of these other things. And there's, there's a vibrant and diverse scene happening yeah that gets that gets sort of erased by how we write about history yeah absolutely and
1: again so my one of the hats i wear is i teach again again an online um appreciation history music course Mm -hmm. and when we last looked at the course um you know we definitely wanted strove to you know include diverse Mm -hmm. examples but you know there's progress to be made and yep. whatever you know as an educator whatever i can do so that any student of any background sees themselves reflected somehow yep i mean that's that's powerful powerful oh, stuff yeah. and whatever whatever we can do to showcase that you know i mean yes we're two white males but recognizing that like white males aren't the be-all end-all of the music <laughs> world like there's Right. The world would be a much worse place if that were because there are phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal composers of all, everybody background, etc. music yeah. everywhere. Everybody yep. makes music. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, thanks for letting me kind of go on that <laughs> spiel to kind of tie tie in metal and uh-huh. the canon and the classical music, etc., etc.,
0: etc. Yeah, that's cool. So, yeah. so what what is the 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 class you were just talking about? It was an appreciation course.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I teach it's with um, the independent learning program. Again, just a quick advertisement for anyone who's looking for a a general degree requirement Mm -hmm. um, that you can you can enroll in the independent learning program with with the University of Wisconsin. You can enroll at any time you have um, six to 12 months, um, you know, students choice to complete the course at your own pace. Cool. Um, So, again, just I, I just love where we're accommodating students um mm-hmm. you know from from that timetable like we're just to be in a situation and as a grader it doesn't mean that i have a stack this high of <laughs> unit seven that yep, i have to yep. go through and just read 30 essays in a row on WC. i love WC, right. but what i but again what i love about the course is you know someone with the, from unit two on the middle ages and the renaissance right. so their paper comes in the next week um um you know something about oh well you know, so, so to geek out a little bit uh-huh. about something I'm very proud of with, with this course when we revised it, the previous um, course... Um, we get to the 20th century. Let's all talk about all the diversity of sounds of the 20th century. Right, right, right. And, like, okay, so we also have world music. Mm. Um, and, like, here's two examples. Sure. And just, as like, as an educator, like, wait, we're condensing, you know, the entirety right. of non-Western <laughs> music to this yep. one section mm-hmm. of the text with these two right, examples. Right. Either do it or, you know, either include mean, it. it's better not to almost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Either include it right. or don't. Right. And so when I revised the course, um, we have a whole unit mm-hmm. um, of just non-Westerns music. And again, mm-hmm. you know, whether or not that's efficient, et cetera, you know, that's these are all great things to discuss. But the point is, we are making it its own thing right. that gets just as much um, discussion as the Baroque period, just mm-hmm. as much discussion as the Classical period. And... Um, what what i love is i i earlier in the course i give students the um kind of some research chops to uh discover mm-hmm. you know music on their own and so we get to unit eight and you know music out the world you know yes we we cover a lot of examples from different regions of the world so like, okay you got a sample like you for like the rest of this unit you were exploring about the culture or the mm-hmm. region of your choice cool and i'm not going to tell you what that has to be you it's it's entirely up to you mm-hmm. and um again just from a grading perspective like right. just the variety of the stuff that i get to get to read about um i just just love it just absolutely love it
0: mm-hmm. Cool. So
1: and again, the because just talk a little bit about the program because students can enroll at any time. Um, once we set up a version of the course, it kind of like that iteration of the course lasts for for a few years until we're ready to to revise. Just again, because like I can't just like swap the stuff mid course because like <laughs> right, like right. wait a second, why did not I get to do that in unit mm-hmm. two? Um, like this, you know, it's still you know, just academic. Yeah. stuff policy etc cetera, etc cetera. um but i i do know going forward um you know that that's the sort of stuff i want to like the next time we revise i want to keep on mm-hmm. you know furthering even more of right. like yes you know beethoven and brahms are great but there's a lot of other great stuff out there <laughs> yeah. and um you know see see what students are excited about exploring
0: yeah it's it's an interesting challenge as an educator though because you have to become knowledgeable about such a broad range of things i mean if, if you're going to be able to teach it well yes of course. Yeah, yeah yes yes no that is that is
1: absolutely true and i i, I i've just loved geeking out mm. on just such a wide variety of music and by, by no means am i like a scholar on all of these sorts of things right. but something that also makes my job a little bit easier is it's not like part of a core curriculum, mm-hmm. like there isn't appreciation history of music too. Right. Um, like a, so that kind of gives me a little bit more freedom as to mm-hmm. um, I don't have to make sure that I mean yes they they you know they they watch an opera I, that's I think cool. that's a good and healthy thing to do they uh-huh. they get to pick it you know I give them lots of options that's from healthy. Romantic period yeah. but you know they broaden horizons that but um, and and I think it's Again, with with musics from all around the world, um, you know, definitely yes. I make sure that I'm proficient with the examples mm-hmm. that we're talking about, but also making sure that they're proficient at their research shops
0: right. and um, give them give them those opportunities yeah, to explore. That's great. Yeah. So, so what about you? What about creative work now? Do you have anything going? Do you project? Yeah, uh-huh. so um, that uh, string quartet that I showed you I'll be working
1: uh-huh. on reaching out to some, some ensembles just oh, to kind of see if we can get a performance yeah. of it. Um, my next my latest commission slash next performance and again like Like everybody, COVID Mm -hmm. threw things for a loop. So I think we're looking at March twenty twenty two. There's a wonderful piano and oboe duo called the Clara Schumann Project. Oh, Um, it's um, nice. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll I'll send links to their That's stuff. Uh, but cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they commissioned me to um, write uh, a piece for them that again I think in March they're going to do. So mm-hmm. they're we we the the two musicians and I we share a church music interest. Mm-hmm. So they'll be um, oh and they, they all wear a bajillion hats because they're insanely talented. <laughs> but um, they're looking to uh, put together some like a like a Passion Week um, mm. recital program, cool. and so just to. Dive a little bit into the church music world. Mm-hmm. So there's the week leading before Easter, where we have kind of pivotal things that are happening in in the Christian religion. A uh, Palm Sunday, a mm, uh, Monday right. or Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Easter Sunday, different dates. Um, and so they thought, I "Was like, well, let's have a piece of music for each of these key po- uh, components of that Passion Week or that Holy Week." Right. So I wrote a piece for um, uh, Monday, Thursday, Holy Thursday. Um, just to talk about the the, the Christian religion, that's mm-hmm. when um, uh, communion uh, first begins, ah, and then there's also okay. some powerful accounts of uh, of Jesus uh, praying in the Garden of Gethsemane before mm-hmm. he's about to be arrested and tried and killed, and it's just lots of musically, um, mm-hmm. just some some great moments for musical reflection and meditation mm-hmm. to to paint
0: paint these scenes. Cool. That, yeah. That that's great. So I, you you compose for that are you composing for the whole week? Oh, no, um, you...
1: no, just just for my, just for that holy Thursday, that oh, Monday okay. Thursday. Oh, I see. Okay. Yep. Cool. And so the the idea was they found something, you know, there, there's tons of good Friday music. There's tons of uh, Easter Sunday music. I see. Um but a that niche. <laughs> that yes, but that Monday Thursday, boy, here's kind of like this key, you know, this key date in this religious right. festival we're having trouble finding mm. um something that fits so like hey, we like rich he writes he writes you know, we've we've built rapport. He he can write something for us. And cool. so yeah.
0: What so what's, what's the ensemble? What's the piece
1: like? Um it's for um oboe and piano. Okay. Yep. Um uh, it's called the hours at hand. And uh, yeah, nice. that's the, uh, the 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 duo that's uh, performing. It's a piano and then um, oboe and then English horn in the mix. But uh, as far as the, the performing ensemble, Oh, cool. that's putting that's these recitals two together. Two players
0: or one player? Yep, yeah, two
1: players, yeah. Or I'm Great. sorry, one player who switches between oboe okay. and English horn. Yep.
0: English horn, the best instrument ever. <laughs> oh, my goodness, yes, yeah. Uh,
1: and then beyond that, um, I've just loved in recent years exploring the world of digital audio workstations. Uh huh. Um, <clears throat> And so just finding like any opportunity to write some sort of like mm-hmm. background music, right. I mean, yes, you know it's it's background music. it's not necessarily art music, mm-hmm. but it's it's a it's a blast. Right. So um, I, I gave a recent uh, conference presentation um, related to online pedagogy mm-hmm. and it was um, uh, presentations given you know, just people made their own YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. And so you know what I'm going to make like really cool, like little intro music. And, um, you know, video games have shaped my aesthetic. So, mm-hmm. like, hey, here's like a pixelated rich phrase, and here's this eight <laughs> bit sounding video game music just Great. to kind of introduce the video. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to my, my church music background, I'm working on um, a series of uh, history videos about uh, campus ministry in Madison. Mm. And so, might as well give these videos, you know, mm-hmm. soundtrack. Because, yep. like, why not? Right. Uh, kind of the most, one of my more ambitious things uh, that I've used as an excuse to write music. Mm-hmm. So I was working with... Um, again with uh, the independent learning program with uw um someone suggested uh we, we were just kind of putting together like some history because it's a program that goes back to the 1800s i mean it is oh wow it has a rich pro um, rich history and one of my colleagues suggested like boy rich what if you like wrote a soundtrack for independent learning what would that be grand and then like the gears started going because we had started putting together like historical booklets mm-hmm. so, like i could like make a hist like a video that goes on like the history of independent learning and i could use that as an excuse so here was this idea like rich like how about you write some music mm-hmm. and for that i just wrote with like so i'm gonna do all these hours of making this video project <laughs> of history yeah and then i'll get to the easy part of uh right, you just... know getting, getting the background music
0: <laughs> but it, it's a cool process I, I i like film and video game scoring and and yeah. and, and writing for media for yes. that reason because the the role of music changes and it's an interesting challenge when Mm -hmm. it it, it really has very little to do with working things out in terms of harmonic progressions. And while those can be useful, that isn't the purpose. The purpose is to serve uh, uh, a a bigger collaboration or something something like that.
1: Yeah. And again, like, I love just kind of think about like crunchy harmonies and my, my map of where hard the part the piece will harmonically go mm-hmm. but with something like you know film music or whatever it's like okay so like this needs to be an hour 13 or sorry like right. one minute 13 seconds <laughs> like that's that's the big thing right whatever fancy chords you throw in there are great but at the yep. end of the day like did you get this so that like it functions yep. so that you like music is starting here mm-hmm. it ends here and in that very precise 73 seconds mm-hmm. did you find something that fits the text or yep. you know that that matches with what what it accompanies
0: yeah i've i've been seeing these these ads on youtube on the mm-hmm. youtube app on my phone that are four seconds long yeah and it's and they're packed and you know exactly what they're selling i mean honestly in terms of the craft it's amazing yeah yeah no and I, i'm reminded of um back when i was taking guitar lessons
1: this is Oh my gosh! Like 15 years ago now, <laughs> you know. The, the older we get, the longer it was that we learn things. And I had uh, one of my big mentors in music, Matt Miller. He's a Milwaukee-based guitarist and bass player and trumpet player. And he was telling me about the art of the 30 seconds because he was mm. um, he did a lot of um, like radio jingle work on the side. Ah, cool. And I just remember at the time thinking, like, wow, like condensing an idea into like 30 seconds. But just in those 15 years, how media has changed. And again, here's this quick YouTube ad that's four seconds long. And how do we condense all of this into this? And, yep. and effectively, mm-hmm. and again, they're playing like, oh, looks like a kind of cool product. Maybe I'll check it out. Or even like, <laughs> wow, those that was, that was are really cool four seconds of music. Yeah,
0: right. I mean, it's like Schoenberg has the those the piano pieces that some of them are 15, 20 seconds long. It's a, it's yeah. amazing. It's yeah, just, that's all you need. He said it. He did it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> and which also reminds me of the, the calls for scores that you'll kind of uh, find of uh, miniature uh, pieces. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, one of my large ensemble pieces uh, that I did uh, while at grad school. It's only seven seconds long because like that's like was like okay we're going to do here's here's the group we did we have our call call for scores for 7 seconds of music i remember That's registering amazing. that with bmi um nice. and uh you know they said the duration like so uh like we we work by the minute so <laughs> if you're going to get any royalty from us like your piece has to be at least 30 seconds so that we can round <laughs> to the nearest minute like sorry what if, what you if you don't get your piece.
0: three or four times in a row
1: there, Four or five. Yeah, yeah, there yeah, right. you go so like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. sorry rich no no bmi royalty buddy for <laughs> your performance of that uh that's a bummer yeah <laughs> cool
0: well uh do you want to play a little bit let's play a little cool. bit Cool. yeah got a uh, got banjo here i've been i've been kind of like falling in love with this instrument lately been playing it a lot the last couple of years but... how long have you been playing banjo uh, well, I've had one for a long time, but um, I got called to play Steve Martin's musical, Bright Star, which is okay. all um, it's all bluegrass banjo music. And it was it yeah. was it was a, a two week call and they they needed somebody. And I was like, I, I was like, I should say no, I actually don't know how to do this. And then I said, just say yes and learn it. And then it was just two weeks of hell just practicing all day, every day so I could play this gig. But <laughs> That's but awesome. I figured it out, and I really liked. I really liked it, and I love, like the claw hammer. Yeah. Or I um,
1: kind of that you know learn something for a gig. I had a had a, a guitar student who was interested in picking up banjo. Mm. I never played it was like well I can stay I can stay 2 weeks ahead of the student right yeah and, uh, and you know and I did and it was nice. fine but um just the whole concept as, as a as a guitar player you know I I'm, I'm used to my 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 pitches you know going low strings to high strings oh, yeah. yeah, the drum they, really
0: messes yeah, things and it's up like
1: what on earth do I do with this thing mm-hmm. and of course you know you do, you do your fills and it sounds sounds all nice and wonderful but that was for me the big hurdle that uh, if if I ever get back to the banjo, will be my uh, my, my thing to overcome of making making sense yep. and learning how to work with that that higher pitch string at the bottom of everything.
0: Well, actually, when I do jazz gigs that or, or like musicals like Forty Second Street and stuff, yeah. kind of jazz-based yeah. musicals, I always take that string off because it gets in the oh. way if you're doing a lot of chromatic chord work. Yeah, because it doesn't change pitch. So if it's just on a G, it's just annoying. You know? It's annoying. Yeah. Yeah, so just to go on a little bit of a
1: tangent, but it's a, a question. So as as someone who's played guitar mm-hmm. and someone who has an affinity for the banjo, what do you? What made you think I want to learn how
0: to play like the banjo as it really is, as opposed to like those guitar banjos? Right, right, Well, part of it was for the show. There was no option. Oh, okay. There was, the the show was written for real bluegrass banjo. There's even it's funny. There's an app. For the banjo part for that show, that tabs out all the tr- all the parts because yeah. the way it's written is it's just with melodies and chords, yeah, like slashes slash notation with chords and stuff. So you'd never know, but there are very specific banjo licks throughout that whole show. Oh. And so the original Broadway player made an app where he tabbed everything out with videos oh. to show you how it was. It was the it was the best thing ever. I don't think I could have done it without that app.
1: Bless his heart, and oh, bravo yeah. to all those people in the world who
0: make things easier. <laughs> yeah, cool. So you you have a you have a, a vocal and keyboard rig going on today?
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, we'll kind of see what happens. Um, yeah. And just to get, get, go back to um, some of the church music stuff, um, you know, the pandemic hit and everything was mm. shut down. Um, thankfully, leading up to this, I had had some experience working with digital audio workstations. It's mm. mm-hmm. so like, okay, like I can. I can make like instrumental parts and I'll just have singers like record themselves and just email me their recordings and, um, you know, and I can just kind of sing along with, with my work, you know, if it works for zoom meetings, it'll work for this again, you know, by no means are these going to be like pristine Grammy award winning productions (laughs) as far as, but you know, for, for the intents and purposes, like, Hey, we just needed some music or Mm -hmm. for right now, you know, some improvisation among friends.
0: Yeah. Works perfectly. Cool. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, you want to try something out? Yeah. Do you want to start? Yeah, let's see what
1: happens. I'll I'll let you kind of start, and then I'll work my way into that. All
0: right, cool. Cool. Well, that was fun. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Thanks for singing. Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah, I yeah, like, yeah, I like when people sing. I, it's great to hear people's voices. I, uh, I, I, I sang a song on the, the show I did yesterday, and I, I don't really like singing, but the bass player I was playing with was saying that when people sing, you have to, you have, to have confidence in your voice because that is your voice. And it's okay if your voice isn't amazing because yep. actually what people connect with is just your voice and giving into it and like let that be your instrument and strumming yeah so, yeah. Cool. yeah and thanks again for singing
1: oh absolutely yeah and when you um again I love love the chance to, to improvise when you mentioned like okay so I do have a guitar like <laughs> I could find like some way mm-hmm. to like you know get the setup going be like but I've been using this like nice. the last 15 months so I'll, I'll just give give that a go so yeah yeah cool. no thank you and again it's um i i don't consider myself um like a trained vocalist by anything but just with you know church music mm-hmm. and um choral composition is just you know great great outlets and ways <laughs> that these things kind of grow so and nice that's nice, nice banjo stuff too <laughs>
0: thanks yeah
1: yeah got weird at the end but so as well it should. As yeah. well, if, if improv isn't getting weird at least
0: one point, I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Cool. Well, so, so what, what's next for you? Is there, is there anywhere that we can direct people to hear some of your music? Um, yes. I have a uh, SoundCloud, uh, soundcloud.com slash
1: rich-phrasey. I'll uh, get links to that. Um,
0: cool. yeah, I'll put beyond that, that. I'll put it all in the description so people can follow the links and find, find your work. And Perfect. I and mean, are teaching coming up yep. soon? Yep. Yep. And Got then, um,
1: yeah, kind of exciting things going on with, um, again, since March 2020, my, my, my full-time job, my main job with um, UW-Madison has been assisting faculty. So mm. um, we're excited. We're forming a new center of uh, teaching, learning, and mentoring. Um, just being able to geek out with faculty about pedagogy mm. and yeah so it's um again it's it's like a new thing so Mm -hmm. like we'll find out exactly what what uh what that looks like but um you can always count on um count on me if i'm giving like some video presentation or if you find like something Mm -hmm. on youtube like even if it's about pedagogy or something odds are like i found some sort of snippet there the video (laughs) to like have some bombastic music intro or something like that so yeah yeah so yeah beyond that um you know, keep on finding those calls for scores and, mm-hmm. um, oh, yeah. you know, riding as we can. And yep. I'll let you, I, I will let you know when um, we do have a confirmed uh, a world premiere date of the um, piano and oboe piece. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, well, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And as, as all musicians, this is just kind of coming out of COVID. It's like, wait, mm. like, <laughs> how, how do we do this again? Like, like, how do we get back into the swing of things? Yep. So, yeah
0: yeah cool well thanks thanks so much for talking touch- talking with me today anthony thank you so much i always love the chance to uh to geek out always oh, yeah.
1: always a pleasure and always great. and again especially as uh you know uw madison folk always wonderful to find mm-hmm. a
0: chance to connect yeah cool well everybody check out dr rich Frazy and uh talk to you later cool bye everybody thanks for having me all right thanks for watching or listening depending on if you're watching on youtube or listening to the podcast stream. Remember to like, leave a comment, and subscribe to my channels. And remember to check out Dr. Rich Frazee's links below. Check out his YouTube and his SoundCloud, and maybe enroll in one of his courses at UW-Madison. And if you would like to consider supporting this podcast and my content generally, please visit my Patreon page.